I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Welcome back to Practical Stoicism. I hope you enjoyed my conversation earlier this week with James Rahm on death, dying, and Seneca. If you missed it, be sure to give it a listen. It's really good. Also, personal favor, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love a few five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Recently, a few disgruntled passers-by have decided that this podcast is worthy of two and one-star reviews. It's a little bit of a bummer to see that, so if you wouldn't mind taking a few seconds to help me balance that out, I would appreciate it. If, of course, that is, you feel that this show deserves a five-star review, which I hope you think it does. A couple of life updates for you. Winston is tear-assing around the house like a maniac, and Jupiter is trying his best not to kill him, which I think is hard since Winston is constantly going after his tail and ankles. I'll admit that the interactions are funny to watch, but I do feel bad for the old boy. He is very good with him, though, and that's a pleasant surprise. For those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, last week we adopted a new puppy. That's about all I've got for life updates, so let's dive into today's meditation, which is short but may result in some long reflection. No random actions. None. Not based on underlying principles. And that's it. Doesn't seem like much, does it? Well, let's see what we can pull from this nine-word meditation from Marcus. We've talked a few times about paying attention, prosike, and how critical it is to mind your mind. It isn't practical for someone to expect to never take a random action, to never lose focus on minding their mind. But, like the rest of the work we do as Prokoptons, it's not about being perfect, it's about making a constant effort to become better. When Marcus says no random actions, sure, he may be telling us to strive to perform zero random actions in our lives, but The absence of sages in Stoicism tells us that's not what any Stoic would truly expect from us. No Stoic is perfect. Marcus, least of all, perhaps. But what are random acts, anyway? Well, they are any actions not based on, as Marcus says, underlying principles. When we, as Stoics, are moved to take an action, it is only after we have thought about taking it. And if we are thinking, then we are applying our Stoic principles. And I think, finally, four books into the meditations, that it is time to talk about the four 
forms of virtue in Stoic ethics. Before we do that, however, we have to talk about virtue broadly. In today's world, we have a rather serious problem. And I apologize if this is going to seem political, but I have no option but to venture into this territory to hit upon the importance of the concept of virtue. That problem is this. There are two fringe groups that are quickly gaining influence over social norms. Every country calls them something different, but the reality is the same. One group mistakes niceness for virtue, while the other has mistaken empathic detachment for virtue. You're here listening to a podcast about Stoicism, so it is extremely important that you hear this. The ancient Stoics, were they alive today, would be absolutely appalled at our modern notions of virtue. And that doesn't just mean people of one particular political persuasion or the other. It means all of us as a group. We all need to be reacquainted with what virtue was and is in the eyes of the Stoics. Virtue, to the Stoics, was very simply the knowledge of how to live well. So if we imagine virtue as the roof of a pavilion, there are four pillars holding that roof up, one at each corner. In order to have virtue, the knowledge of how to live well, or in this metaphor, the roof of our pavilion, we must have sturdy pillars. Those pillars in Stoic ethics are identified as wisdom, justice, courage, and temperance. Wisdom is the ability to work through simple or complex issues in a logical and, importantly, calm fashion. When we think of someone being wise today, yes, we do regard them as smart, but it's not intelligence that makes someone wise, is it? It's their ability to readily retrieve and apply knowledge in real time and to great and good effect that makes someone wise. It is similar in Stoicism. Wisdom is about having enough knowledge to both know how to technically solve a problem and how to rationally implement that solution in such a way not just that the problem is solved, but that no additional problems are caused by solving it. In my opinion, the ability to compromise is within the aggregate materials used to construct this first pillar. Justice is the practice of treating a person fairly both when they have done nothing wrong and when they have done something wrong. Modern scholars would argue that fairness and justice are related, but not the same. But it would be the opinion of ancient Stoics that these scholars are wrong. It is also my opinion. The problem with separating fairness from justice is that doing so puts the two at frequent odds. There's a paper entitled, Justice and Fairness Are Not the Same. I'll link to it in the show notes. It was written by Goldman and Cropanzano, and here is a short excerpt. Quote, in other words, justice denotes conduct that is morally required, whereas fairness denotes an evaluative judgment as to whether this conduct is morally praiseworthy. A just procedure, for instance, might provide voice, but voice may or may not be viewed as fair depending upon the individual and the situation. End quote. Justice, then, in the modern world, is more of an objective standard whereas fairness, again, in the modern world, is a subjective vantage point based largely on emotion. The ancient Stoics would have said, if it is just, then it is fair, because the emotional response to justice is not as important as the justice itself. The turning away from this concept in modern times is why there is both a court, in the traditional sense, and a court of public opinion, which has an increasingly concerning amount of power. 
it is not frequent that the court of public opinion is in alignment with traditional courts. And that is the case because we have now separated these two things, justice and fairness. And this is where some people will erroneously come to the conclusion that the delivery of justice must lack emotional consideration, but that is wrong. At least, it was wrong according to the Stoics, and it's wrong according to me as well, for what that's worth. If fairness is justice, and justice is fairness, then the correct way to create laws is objectively and for the common denominator, and the correct way to enforce laws is contextually. Justice, then, is a yin and yang relationship of sorts between the general and the specific. This is why being a just person is less simple than it might sound, and why so few people are able to call themselves truly just. Courage is the ability to face challenges of any sort with integrity. It is the ability to not compromise yourself or your values regardless of the personal damage that may come to you in doing so. When James Rahm spoke of lack of bravery in modern-day politicians, this is what he was talking about. Many of today's politicians, the world over, were they to live their actual values out loud and in plain sight, whatever those values might be, would very likely lose their positions of influence. And this leaves we citizens in a more than precarious situation because we can rarely trust who we're voting for. And there is something to say about we as citizens having part of the blame in all of that, but I won't dig into it because this isn't a political podcast, it's a stoicism podcast. Finally, there is temperance, which is the ability to exercise self-restraint in all dealings. When we are angry, we do not lose our temper, and when we are excited, we do not lose our decorum. There is very little temperance in the modern world. Emotions are largely worn on the sleeve, anger is vividly expressed in person and online, of course, and giddiness and elation even more so. The Stoics valued temperance because it was an outward indication that an individual was capable of gaining mastery over their emotions. If you are joyous, go ahead and be joyous, but don't do 15 backflips outside on the sidewalk, shoot off a dozen fireworks, and post a video of it to TikTok. That's a little too much. If you're angry, be angry, but don't explode into an obscenity-laced rage, throw a chair through a window, and write a 10-tweet screed on Twitter using the hashtag, I'm so furious. A smile is enough, a high five, and an enthusiastic, oh yeah, perhaps, but not a total loss of composure. If you're angry, a groan is enough, a few squeezes of the old stress ball maybe, but not a Yosemite Sam, Clark Griswold-style flip-out. So going back to the meditation, when Marcus talks about underlying principles, these are the principles he's talking about. Every decision you make, every action you take, should be made or taken only if it is in alignment with the pillars holding up your virtue. If they are not, then the roof of your virtue pavilion begins to sag in one corner, or on one side, or collapse entirely. To be a good Stoic, to be a balanced human being, you must have a balanced roof. To have a balanced roof, you must make equal effort to be wise, to be courageous, to be just, and to be temperate. So, as you move through your life day to day, remind yourself of these things constantly, and when you act, before you do, ask yourself, is this wise? Is this just? Is this courageous? And is this temperate? And if the answer is no, 
perhaps reconsider taking that action or making that decision. Thank you so much for listening to this week's meditation. I hope you got something out of it. And if you've not yet reviewed this podcast, I would very much appreciate you doing so on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or Podchaser.com. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, take care. Take care.